1: It's the Blue White Breakdown, brought to you by Live. Here are your hosts, Bob Flounders and David Jones. Blue
0: White Breakdown podcast time. I'm Bob Flounders. Uh, Dave Jones, as always, is joining me. He's in the sun in Downingtown. It looks like he's getting a lot of warm, glowy vibes coming his way. That's Christmasy. Yeah, man. yeah. Uh-huh. Uh, what kind of stocking do you usually get for Kaiser, Dave? What, what, what goes in that?
1: Just meat of different kinds. Um, baloney, We're on the raw diet right now. Have you heard about this for dogs?
0: Yeah, I think raw you did meats. tell me about that. Yeah, yeah, raw meats, raw meats and vegetables. All right, Dave Jones. Since we last chatted, a lot has happened in the uh, Penn State. Sure has. World. Where would you like to start? Would you rather start with Sean Clifford Manny or Diaz? Manny Manny? Okay. Diaz.
1: This guy, this guy is the epitome. Would you agree or disagree of the hot young coach, or was like a couple of years ago? Correct. I mean, when he got the Temple job, then quit it ten days later, or whatever it was. When yeah. his dream job came up, and he's had a, kind of a check, more of a checkered career than you would think out of a hot young coach. But that's the deal these days. You've got a guy named Cliff Kingsbury who. Didn't really have a successful career at Texas Tech. Anyway, here's this guy who was like an okay college coach at at best, but an offensive guru. A few years ago, he was he was Manny Diaz, just the offensive version of him. I think this is kind of a -a rent-a-coordinator, isn't it? I mean, doesn't have that feeling that that Franklin was hard up for a solution to losing Brett Prime, maybe he was waiting on somebody else that didn't come through because there's such transience right now. There's so much money flying around in college athletics that you might not get the guy you want to get because he becomes a head coach. I mean, look at look at Oregon's choice. It was a pretty good fallback position, I'd say that. You've got a very accomplished defensive coordinator who was not uh, great at Texas. Got fired by Mac Brown at Texas when he was a young man. But then made a very good comeback um, uh, with Miami's defense. Miami's defense in his prime during the turnover chain good. days was one of the most disruptive, turnover-inducing, takeaway-inducing defenses. Not only that, but tackles for loss. Yep. Uh, yeah, they got after you, man. They were they were trouble, and you had to account for a lot of guys. So. I'm not certain it's not about personnel with everybody, but I think Manny Diaz's career kind of exemplifies that. When he's had great personnel, he's been a great coach, and we've had the okay personnel. He's been an okay coach, but he knows what he's doing. Clearly knows what he's doing as a DC. So pretty good get for, for Franklin for the time. But you, I, I'm curious what you think about recruiting, because supposedly part of the package with Manny Diaz is he's going to be able to help you mine Florida like Juan on cider, I don't know if any recruit can trust that he's going to be around for more right. than a year or That's two. Crazy. So can he really,
0: I am just not buying that. That's part of the sell job, Dave. It's part of the sell job. Uh, the, th- the one mystery to me, Dave, is we remember uh, it, it sure looked for a while, like Anthony Poindexter was going to be maybe the guy to coach uh, the Virginia team where he started at, at safety, you know, in the 1990s, uh, he went into the I think to the College Hall of Fame. He was out in Vegas. You know, there were reports that, you know, Virginia flew out there to meet with him. And then shortly after that, I think he texted Adam Rittenberg of ESPN and said he's gonna stay at stay at Penn State. I'm just curious. The assumption was when he when he decided he was gonna stay at Penn State what well, forever for, for whatever reason, that he was probably gonna be the DC. I'm just, you know, what do you think? Any thoughts on what might have happened there and what might have influenced Anthony? I think
1: he got paid. I think he got paid one way or the other. I mean, even if Franklin had to take a a, a $500,000 bill out of his wallet, (laughs) uh, he... (laughs) Do you know that at one time they made $10,000 bills? I remember, I
0: just remember when I was a kid, I loved $100,000 bars. I did not know that about the $10,000 bills. I would be nervous <laughs> as hell. I would be the, nervous as hell to have that in my wallet, Dave.
1: The candy bar? I guess yeah. the, the $10,000 bill, bill was actually for banks, but they oh. printed one. And it's an incredible collector's item if you have one now. I mean, it's, yeah. it's, it's worth like $10,000. No, it's, it's worth more than that. Yeah, I, I'm sure he must have placated Poindexter one way or another because Poindexter turned down. Didn't he turn down that job? Isn't that the way? That's you heard what it? I'm
0: not sure about. It was never I never thought it became crystal clear what happened there. So I just the assumption I, when he said he was going to stay at Penn State. I don't know about you. I immediately thought he was going to be full time D.C. And maybe they were going to hire somebody. Coach linebackers and and, or maybe DeLore coaches the linebackers overall, and somebody else becomes the co-DC. But that just wasn't the case.
1: You you heard that he turned down the job, which I again find hard to believe because you're turning down minimum three four million dollars these days, even in the ACC, even at a middle of the pack football program like UVA. That seems hard to believe. You know, well, then you... he
0: decided to he decided to stay, so he could have. Who knows? Was he actually offered the job? Yeah, I, I find that hard to believe. So yeah. that so, was the one thing I just couldn't really, I couldn't quite yeah. figure that one out.
1: Anyway, he had he had enough leverage, yeah. uh, to probably get paid and paid well. Sure. And I would not be surprised if you heard one of those associate head coach titles to pop up. Uh, on the website in a month or something, and and they just keep that under the radar. But that he yeah. that he seriously got paid. As for Diaz, I'm gonna I'm gonna read you something from a, a contact of mine down in Austin, Okay, guy I know who, who remained nameless. He was down yeah. there when yeah. uh, Diaz was the DC. Uh, he's got a great story and is a really good quote. But as far as a coach, pretty average. Like a lot of new DCs in the Big Twelve, he had trouble adjusting to the league's wide open offenses. But my everlasting memory came in a non-con game at BYU when his D allowed a gimpy quarterback with a brace on his leg. Taysom Hill, name ring a bell, uh, like 900 to rush, like to personally rush for like 900 yards in a blowout UT loss. He was fired before
0: the plane landed back in Austin. Who's that shades of the USC, the, the USC story. Yeah, when they exactly.
1: The exactly. Yeah, I think it was Hayden exactly.
0: fired the guy too. He's the old yeah. Lane Kiffin, right?
1: Yeah.
0: So everyone's got
1: a, a story in this business and the better the self promoter you are, the more buzz you get and the more dynamic your defense is when they are good the greater that buzz proliferates. Yes. And man, his defenses were dynamic in Miami when that, when that turnover chain thing was really revving. What, what are we talking about? Five years ago, six, it was, seven. Uh, eight I think games.
0: it was the 17 or the 18 season. It was one. It was either 17 or 18, and they had 31 turnovers that year. I remember. I looked it up. I think yeah. it was like yeah. 17 interceptions and 14 fumble recoveries. And yeah, I do remember. I think they actually they might have lost the bowl game to Wisconsin that year. I think Wisconsin. That's right. The Orange Bowl.
1: And this comes with the bonus that the turnover train chain itself kind of melds with the sensibilities of Penn State fans. They love that fashion.
0: <laughs> Did you see James Franklin if players broke out the turnover chain on the sideline? He would completely come unglued. We would see a side of James Franklin we never get to see. I wonder if, you know,
1: after that, you saw all these, these, these like Conference USA and and Sun Belt and, and you know, all these teams all over the place coming up with these. These substitutes, these spin-offs of turnover chains, you know, like turnover milk jugs, turnover cans of Bud Light.
0: Maybe yesterday. you should ask James if he's gonna is in favor of some kind of swag if the defense could get more turnovers. You think he would allow that? And what would it look like?
1: I think the readership would be in favor of more swag for you than that. <laughs> That Cowboys visor. What's Micah
0: what Parsons, Dave? It's his world. It's no, his think, world, and you're living in it. You said right off the cuff, and I think you
1: meant it uh, like last week, that he might be the best defender in all of the NFL his
0: rookie season. Did yes. you mean that? I do mean that. I do mean that because of his versatility, his ability, his ability to impact the game in a variety of ways. I, I, I get super pissed now when that defensive coordinator. Dan Quinn puts him in coverage. What are you thinking? Just turn him loose. And now that they got a couple other guys back that are healthy on that front, he can play, he can play Dave. He can play three. He can play like five positions on the defense. You know, he could play, a, he could put a, his hand on the ground and rush from either side. He could be an inside linebacker. He can play outside linebacker, like almost in a three, four, he can rush upright. I just feel like I mean, there's just really never been there are some I mean, there are some fantastic players in the NFL. Um, you know, Miles Garrett is having a tremendous year. Uh, T.J. Watt, when he's healthy, is a force. But this guy's doing it. You know, this, he had two years of college. He took a year off because of the pandemic. And, you know, he never gets tired. He never gets hurt. You he know, he's like Superman. He just picked up where he left off in the <laughs> Memphis game. And the, I mean, but if he, they don't have him, if they don't have
1: him in the Memphis game, doesn't Memphis score like 60? Yeah, they lose the game. It's
0: for short, for for sure. What? It was like 59 yeah. 38. I mean, he held them to like, he made some plays in that game. I'm still shaking my head over, but his, 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 he's this, he's about a playing game. in
1: space and playing coverage. He did a, a lot of it in that okay. game. And I saw him with the Cowboys. I guess this last weekend, I flipped on a game. Who were the Cowboys playing?
0: He, he ruined the Redskins. He single handedly the Redskins. Right. Yeah,
1: it was the afternoon game because Nick was home before he went back to Pittsburgh when he, he likes to watch the NFL. And I really hadn't gotten to look at Parsons too much. He, he had his hand in the ground. He, he tried to – it was effectively a zone blitz, even though he's a linebacker. And then he dropped back in coverage against the slot receiver. Ridiculous. You don't
0: see that a lot. And my favorite part of this, Dave, my favorite part of this, it's what I love the most about this, is the Eagles traded with Dallas to get that wide receiver from Alabama. And they, th- Dallas actually traded back. The Eagles did not take Parsons. And he fell to, I think he fell to them at 11. 11. That's sort of my favorite part. If my dad were alive, he would just be getting an earful from me every day. <laughs> every day. I would just be at the retirement home, I'd be knocking on his door and I'd just be talking, you know what? This is a nice a, a family guy. Did podcast.
1: You, did, did you some did you tell me that you you started cheering for the Cowboys out of spite yes. to everyone else in, in Easton, the Lehigh Valley? Well,
0: it was just there. my dad. He was a pretty loud obnoxious Eagles fan and I was <laughs> oh, I had oh, not they they come in
1: and they come in another way? They come, yeah. they come in another package? <laughs>
0: i think i was either six or seven and I, I was already had had enough at the age of six and I just said, that's it then i saw roger Staubach, and i was like and my mom was an eagles fan they're both in philadelphia and she cheered with me she turned her back on her husband and that's just oh my you know, god yeah why would she do that because i'm kind of a big deal dave i'm kind of a big deal i was her firstborn, her only oh. son she had no choice it's like Helen Seinfeld then, with Jerry. Who could
1: not like Jerry? He's a wonderful, <laughs> wonderful boy. That's you, right?
0: This is the Blue White Breakdown. Welcome to Cureleaf, a medical marijuana dispensary. Whether you're a long-time patient or you're just getting acquainted with this incredible plant, Cureleaf of Pennsylvania is honored to guide you along your medical marijuana journey. Have questions? Visit us at cureleaf.com or stop in to see us at any of our twelve locations. Let's talk medical marijuana, and let our confidence become yours. Sean Clifford, you wanted to get, let's get to Sean, Sean Clifford before the Penn State fans, if they if they haven't turned it off already. Sean Clifford coming back for a sixth year. You know, I just uh, I wasn't really sure that he was going to do that. I wasn't sure. He said after the Michigan State game that he hadn't made up his mind, and you know, at some point, you know, six years is a long time. But you know, obviously. James and Mike Yursich signed off on this. I don't think I don't think this happens without their blessing. I think it makes a lot of sense on a lot of different levels. But it's also worth noting that Drew Aller and Bo Pabula are both coming in in January. Christian Veau showed some good things. I know it was Rutgers, and I know it was at home, but it showed that he has got some arm talent. Taquan Roberson's now in the transfer portal. No surprise. So the way it stands now, they're going to have four scholarship quarterbacks on their roster. Dave, and they're going to have. A guy that's going to turn 24 in July leading uh, the offense. I'll just, my only thing, Dave, is I just hope James and Yursich have a plan to get the young quarterbacks up to speed as quickly as possible because eventually you have to turn the page on Sean Clifford.
1: Yeah. And what if they're induced to turn the page during the season? How does that work out? Simply because, you know, they you showed me some, some savvy. And some mobility that Clifford doesn't really have.
0: I, I think. I think it's it's about the attrition that sh- the, the beatings that Sean has taken. of, yeah, of yeah. he's clearly not the fresh leg guy that started the 2019 season. And how could he be given the amount of time how could he be they ran I'm him? Right. How could it be? And it was a lot in a, in a little bit of a way, Dave, do you remember JT, JT Barrett, when he was first at Ohio state, man, the kid, he was, he was from Texas, a four or five star, just, just a ter- terrific runner and thrower. But as he got older, you know, one year, I think urban Meyer ran him like 200 times by the time he was, he it was his final year. Was seventeen, I think. He was just a thrower, and I, I just think that you know he's never really he never really recovered from the pounding he took. No,
1: and that's 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 to Urban Meyer's discredit. Uh, yeah. You you run the ball fifteen to eighteen times a game. What do you think is going to happen to your quarterback? Offensively, Urban Meyer really was a one trick pony, and yeah. if he didn't have terrific talent, uh, you saw what became of his offense. You saw what became of it in that thirty one nothing beat yeah. down to Clemson. Anyway. Clifford, it seems to me that that Franklin and Yursich are willing to fade the oh, it's another Nick Horvathism, fade the heat of the the p- potential political trouble between Veyu Aller Clifford when it, when if they're all reasonably equal and they got to make a decision on the future in avoiding what they had this season, which was one competent quarterback, at least this way, they're going to have options and they'll figure it out as they go. Is that the way you read it?
0: Yeah. And I'm just curious, you know, Dave, you know, Sean Clifford's career began because James was not afraid to put some heat on Tommy Stevens. If you remember, you know, Tommy Stevens, after the, uh, after the 2018 season, when he was the backup to trace, but he had you know, he was, he was, remember he had his foot in a boot. He, like he, I think he had, you know, he missed some time. Then I think he had off season surgery was not able to go in the spring of 2019. Clifford got all the reps. And I think coming out of spring, James, you know, called them both in and say, look, it's going to be, it's going to have to be a competition in August. And Tommy didn't like that. And he transferred to play for Joe Moorhead uh, at Mississippi state. So I do think that James would do that. I think, I think that had to be part of the conversation. Look, we were, we have some quarterbacks that are young that we really like. You have we know exactly what we have in you. You're going to have to play well. You're probably going to have to play better. But we're going to take you know in the spring we know what we got in you. We're going to have to take a look at these guys and and we'll just see where we are. I mean I'm, I'm fascinated to see what what Drew Aller can do. But I just wonder how does how does he get reps when you got Veu you got Clifford and even Bo Bo Prabula. So I do get well, why, I do get why Penn State brought. Sean back, you just, it's hard to go into the season, you know, with just, you know, a, you know, a guy that's played one game and guys that have never played. And the other thing, Dave is it's pretty clear that James knew he was not going to get, he, he can't get a quarterback in a transfer portal to come to Penn state. And I wouldn't with Aller there yet. Yeah, that's why, right. I would think so. But even, even for a year to sell him on, Hey, look, we're not sure this kid's ready. You can come in. But now that Clifford comes back, <laughs> they're not going to get anyone else to come to Penn state, but Will Levis left. He couldn't get anyone last year. So,
1: kid, a kid like Aller, even Value is, is since he's gotten a little experience. These are competitive kids. These are competitors yeah. who really believe they can win the job. So, just having Sean Clifford there should raise their sense of urgency and yeah. raise their competition level. And that's part of it too, probably that Franklin is thinking hey, what, what's the worst that can happen? All these two kids play above a the level they might yeah. if they just thought the competition was between them because they got to beat out Sean Clifford. And yeah. that's, it's, it, Penn State fans might, uh, uh, what's, what, what is their attitude toward Clifford at this point?
0: Overall, I'm just not sure, Dave. I mean, it's always the squeaky wheel that gets the grease. So the people that are commenting are always the people. That, it's not the happy people that you hear from. It's always- right. So you just don't know how many people really love the kid. I just don't know. Like,
1: like Eagles fans. Like Eagles, Eagles fans, the backup quarterback is always uh, –
0: Yeah. But, I mean, his numbers player. for three years – I mean, 2020 was, was you know, no on-field instruction. You know, he never really got a chance to work with Kirk. His, you know, he was very erratic. There's no question about it. But he was good before he got hurt in 19. And, you know, he was pretty good this year. You know, if you look at his numbers overall, 20 touchdowns, six interceptions, he missed a game. Uh, you know, he left – that. Half to, uh, the second quarter of the Iowa game. His numbers for three years are actually, you know, pretty good. I just, I think you're right. They're fascinated to see what the young kids can do. And when you see Drew Aller, he's built like a tank. You know, they're, they're just dying to see what he can do, but it might, it might have to wait. It might have to wait till 2023.
1: And Clifford did that while absorbing the Big Ten high in sacks. Did you notice that?
0: Yes. Yeah, yeah, I did yeah. notice that. And uh, that doesn't, Dave, that doesn't even factor in the hits. That doesn't factor in, you know, the punishment he took scrambling or, you know, on runs. He's, he's really, you know, I, I didn't think I would see a quarterback absorb as much punishment as Trace McSorley did for for his three years. But I think Sean Clifford's Sean Clifford's right there with him, man. He's he's uh, Trace, Trace could at least
1: avoid a lot of it because he was quicker. Yeah um it also doesn't factor in the 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 fact and the knowledge and defenses that they couldn't run the ball and yeah. there were so many so many times when they knew he had to throw and they were they were teeing off i mean the the, the kid has had a lot of disadvantages to work through
0: you know there there is a reason to believe that you know, a second year in your system now you won't have johan dotson but penn state always has there's always a receiver that's kind of ready when you think you know, the sky is falling. K.J. Hamler, uh, you know, once, you know, Godwin left. There's They always have somebody ready to go. And whether it's Parker Washington, Keandre Lambert-Smith or somebody else, you know, someone will step up. Malik Mega, who knows? You know, I, there, I think it's fair to expect improvement from Sean w- with a second year uh, in your system. But you hit the nail on the head if they can't run the ball and if their offensive line can't get. Uh can't get its act together. Dave, did you know they had they had their award ceremony on Sunday? And uh Juice Scruggs was voted the team's best offensive lineman. Think about that. He wasn't even a returning starter. He was a reserve last year. You know, Mike Miranda was second team All Big Ten in 2020. Rasheed Walker was third team all Big Ten. Caden Wallace was a returning starter. Juice Scruggs was voted best offensive lineman. I think that is that is that's quite damning in a lot of ways. Good on Juice but it also speaks to what, what, I don't know what happened to those three guys. And I don't, I don't know how thrilled James is with their development.
1: I guess Phil Troutwine's going to survive, huh?
0: You never know. I'm I'm not, nothing surprises (laughs) me anymore. Signing day is tomorrow. uh, So, you know, they're trying to hold the class together. We'll see what's going on, but yeah, I, I was on the fence about Sean Clifford coming back. I thought it was 50 50. Yeah. I mean, he could come back. It would surprise me a little bit, quite frankly, but I'm still stunned. I saw your your piece about the hundred yard rushers. They ever had one? How about um, that? Yeah, um, did, it's that, just, did that surprise you? Uh, yes, it did. I knew that they didn't have a hundred yard rusher, but I what, I liked what how you what, some of the things you said. But it's it's just crazy to me that in this day and age, and they it's, there were some easy there were some fairly easy games on that schedule. <laughs> like you know, in theory, Villanova that was the te- that was the tipping point when they got stuffed and- by Villanova. And they score. did. It wasn't
1: that wasn't an anomaly that, that yeah. they just did a bunch of big plays and didn't have the ball or something. They tried to run on over. They sure did. They sure did. Red flag for the season. But if you didn't read the piece, it was a, a few days ago. Uh, Mike Gooman is in it. Mike Gooman is one of the best guys, as you know. Went
0: to Bethlehem Catholic. Dave went to Bethlehem Catholic. Lord, just
1: a, a great guy to talk to. Really thoughtful, funny. And I called him up cold and said, did you know this, that the last, the the only team since since 1964 in Penn State history to not have a single person, including quarterbacks, run for 100 yards was 1978 of all teams. You know, a, a team in the middle of the grand age of ground and pound and defense winning games 13 to nine. They didn't have a 100-yard rusher in any single game. So it was Booker Moore, basically Booker Moore, Matt Suey, and Mike Gooman were rotating in and out with another guy. Bob Torrey, was that his name? I I
0: Yeah, I remember that name. I do remember that name. And they all got close. But
1: the point is, Joe was running messenger guards with running backs. (laughs) <laughs> and I did that because it was before my time. That's how he ran in the plays. This is before the uh, the big icon cards and guys in fluorescent baseball caps signaling in plays. Yeah, uh, they actually ran the plays in after they got them from upstairs, and and that's why they, there were three guys played basically equal snaps, which that doesn't happen anymore. Very not very often. Even even like two years ago when they had running and
0: back. That- that seventy eight team was the Sugar Bowl team, right? Was it not?
1: Yes, and eleven and one, and this is the team that that <laughs> the punchline was. And I had to, I you know, I know it a little bit, so I threw it in there at the end. That I, I said I was setting up a punchline. I said, you know, you guys, you guys could get it. The whole point was that this team couldn't get a yard or two in twenty yeah. twenty one yeah. when they needed it. And I said, you guys. And having not really been up close to that team, I said, you guys could get a yard or two when you needed it, basically, right? And he said, yeah, pretty much. And I said, except for the last game. (laughs) (laughs) Except for the last play in the last game. But otherwise, and he goes, you had to bring that
0: up, didn't you? And I went, (laughs) 14-7. 14-7. On the goal line, Barry Krause. Hell of a game, though. Violent game. I love that. That was a really... Uh, That was an exciting 14-7 game. It was tense, man. Those guys were – the NFL talent on that field was something, Dave, both sides. So, Dave, let's get to two things uh, on on this little edition of the blue-white breakdown. Any thoughts about the Heisman ceremony, the results? And also, I do want to mention this. I do want to mention this. We did hear this. Nick Singleton, Penn State's uh, running back from uh, Governor Mifflin, was named the Gatorade National Player of the Year. Uh, Dave I know you're wondering how they could have a national player of the year but I, the reason I yeah. brought this up the last player from Pennsylvania to win the award it was 1992 Dave can you guess the player Joel Holler that's a good guess Bino <laughs> Cook said he would win three Heismans at Notre Dame oh
1: my god
0: wow uh, Derrick Thone Ron Palace Ron how Palace about
1: what was that? What was up with how they said his name? It's supposed to be palace, isn't it? Everyone <laughs> called him Polish. Paul, Richard, Ron, Polish. Is that a mid state thing or what?
0: I don't know. Anyway. Nineteen ninety-two. that is crazy. That's crazy.
1: Yeah. And we saw what happened anyway. Uh, the, your Heisman ballot. We can talk about our Heisman ballots now. Yeah. It's that's kind of old news. But what the hell? We didn't. We weren't allowed to talk about it before. Yeah.
0: We honored. Heisman, we honored it. We honored our. Uh, the Heisman commitment. Uh, doesn't
1: want you to disclose. So mine was. I think ours are pretty similar. Mine was Bryce Young, Aiden Hutchinson, David Bell. I think uh, mildly yeah. anomaly, David Bell. No one else put David Bell on their ballot, but I don't care. Uh, what was yours?
0: I went Hutchinson one, Bryce Young two, and uh, Kenneth Walker. Uh, three, I thought about, I actually thought about putting two Michigan players, uh, on my ballot. I just was so, I was impressed. I was impressed with the Hassan Haskins, you know, in the Penn state game, obviously what he did in the Ohio state game, but he was doing it all year for them. Um, they, they were a one, two punch at the start of the year with Blake Corum. But when Blake had, I think the lower leg issue, he took over the workload, man. And he flourished. He's a hell of a back. I thought about him. You know, I I I did think about Kenny Pickett a little bit, too, um, as good as Jahan Dotson was. I, he just I just it was, there was too many receivers for me. I it had a hard time getting to settle on one. And that I think it, I think that worked against all of them as far as I was concerned.
1: I, I settled on one. And I suppose with the third place, I always look around at different positions unless someone really stands out so that I put two different quarterbacks or two different running backs or two different anything on there. I try to split it up. I always pick my favorite for one and two, the the guys that I really legitimately think are one and two, but I think we, we tend to dismiss certain position groups. Like we dismiss defensive players. You can make an argument that Aiden Hutchinson really was the most, the single most impactful disruptive player on
0: any college football field. Yeah. The Bama, the Bama linebacker had some big numbers too, but they were in a lot of shootouts.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And, and Hutchinson was just a terrific player when they really needed him. But I looked at the ballot and thought, you know, I have, I, I watch, I think I watch more big Ten football than anybody in our profession, simply because of the power pool. Right. I watch at least 20 minutes, 15, 20 minutes of every single game on Sunday and man, Purdue football gets no pub, no pub. No one's ever gonna talk about it. And I saw with my own eyes how many spectacular plays and tough plays that David Bell made all stinking year for that team. A very good eight and four team that beat this, beat the stink out of Iowa, who won a couple of big games, is a very good offense and really put helped put that offense together. For Jeff Brown. Uh mm-hmm. when, when he's using a couple of quarterbacks, Aiden O'Connell, of course, settled in as, as the head guy, but he, he was mixing match matching quarterbacks even in the middle of the season. He was using three. No one knows this about Purdue because no one pays attention to Purdue until they do something like they did against Iowa or did do something like they did against Minnesota and win a big game. David Bell was incredible. David Bell was a really, really, really good wideout. And I think he's going to be a terrific player in the NFL, but wait and see. He's going to be, he's going to be a really good player.
0: It's perfect. It's a lead into the season opener next year. When they go to Purdue, Aiden O'Connell's coming back. So they're going to, we're going to have like two 29 year old quarterbacks uh, under center for that game. I'm excited. I think they both qualify for Medicare or Medicaid. Uh, it's like right around the corner for both those guys, but yeah, O'Connell's back, Clifford's back. One thing, one thing, real quick. Can the Michigan people knock it off with taking cheap shots at Ohio State? Did you see what Desmond Howard said? Something to uh, uh,
1: the quarterback? Desmond Howard's been stealing money since he got that job. Is there is there is there a less compelling guy on network <laughs> any of these panel shows who's who speaks more gibberish and nonsense and yeah. throwaway yeah. crap? I mean. He has no professionalism. He 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 offers no insight. I I don't understand why he's there. So that's 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 yeah. Nice I, I
0: just thought that wasn't the forum to even joke about stuff like that. And when they play no. in Colum- when they come when they play in Columbus next year, and those two pass rushers are gone, and that whole offense is back, and it looks like they got a defensive coordinator coordinator that might know what well, he's doing. Forget forget all that, Bob. It's just unprofessional. I know the it guy's is. unprofessional. I know it is. I hope they hang sixty five on him again.
1: Well, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter to him because he's he's on the sideline. He's he's talking his gibberish on college game.
0: All right. All that's right. it. That's it. People like it or not, we're leaving. And Dave's going to go. What are you going to do? What are you gotta do you got to do now? I'm talking
1: to uh, Ivan Ivan Mazel about his book.
0: OK, which is right. an incredible Ivan incredible
1: book. I keep trying to catch his eye okay. about his son, Max, okay. who, uh, who who died uh, six years ago okay
0: yep and uh, i'll be back later this week with daniel Gallon. signing day is wednesday and we'll tape after that i'm sure daniel will have a ton of information about singleton jew Aller, and the rest of penn state's 22 2022 class dave i'll see you around. right i'll see you at the officers club my man see you buddy this has been the blue white breakdown brought to you by penn live